0: Hello, everybody, and welcome. All thanks to LD Mobile. This is NBL Overtime. and whew. Remarkable. Boys, as I welcome you in, Liam Santa Maria, Corey Homicide Williams. We're in an off-season. We haven't seen a game. I think I did see someone tweet during the course of the week. There's never been a bigger break between NBL games since uh, we started all those years ago, but there's still so much going on. It is remarkable. Liam, hello to you. Hello,
1: Cam. Yes, shout out to the stat man, NBL facts, the sad Mm -hmm. face emoji from him. uh, Me, like all of us missing the games. But as you say, still a lot to talk about.
0: I'm aside, still haven't got the portrait of yourself up on your right shoulder. So still waiting. There's sometimes I don't sleep on Monday nights. I'm tossing, I'm turning, I'm nervous because I'm waiting for the day that it happens. Give it, give it to us in the next couple of weeks, please. And hello to you.
2: You could, wait, you could wait for that all day. That's not out, man. But anyway, how are you doing?
0: <laughs> I'm doing well, mate. So much going on. And we're going to start with the Boomers coaching candidates. And we spoke about it. We alluded to it. We had that sort of half-minute discussion last week on the possibility that Brett Brown might look to get back into the NBA, maybe as assistant coaching role, and what does it mean for the Boomers? Well, as soon as we pretty much got off air, the story was broken that Brett Brown has stepped down as the coach of the Australian Boomers. And now what we do with so much uncertainty as well. And I talked that about the 2021 Tokyo Olympic Games. We've still got to be able to get there, but there is now a vacancy when it comes to the boomers role. I'm going to start with you, Liam, Santa Maria, not with the candidates, but firstly, it wasn't a great surprise, but
1: when the news broke, what did you think? Um, yeah, I, I, I thought exactly that. I thought, you know, this is this is not really a surprise. We all started wondering, A, when the coronavirus really started picking up speed across the globe, what kind of impacts that going to have on the Olympics, what's that going to have on Brett Brown, and and our NBA guys being a part of it, and then, uh, of course, when he lost his job at the 76ers, those thoughts just picked up from there, and so, um, the, I guess my other th- initial thought was, it's a shame, you know, it's a, it's, it's a shame that that's, this, that's the situation, mm-hmm. it's a shame that we're not going to have Brett in the seat, that we we're excited for that, and the potential that that could involve Ben Simmons playing in the green and gold, but. It's also a shame just overall the way things have played out. The fact that, you know, Andre Lamanis did step aside for Brett to, to take that over and now he's not going to be in that seat. So um, it's an important moment for Basketball Australia to um, to pivot as a
0: result. You know, we're going to get to the candidates in a moment. The same as you, Homicide. We, we, we discussed it. We spoke about the NBA. We spoke about some of the players last week, but... Uh, this is this this is rough for Basketball Australia. I think everyone understands why, but the very fact is they made the decision they made after another great, great showing at the World Cup nine on 12 months ago. And now we sit here today with no coach and, well, the players, that's still to be determined, I guess, going forward. But the optimism has been slapped away somewhat.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, people were hyped at the fact that you had Brett Brown, man with international experience as well as NBA coaching experience as a head coach and with the possibility of potentially Ben Simmons joining you know it it was it was for all of those reasons it was optimism but with that taken away now you don't know who's going to be the guy you just don't know but if well I'll just wait till we get to it but The whoever is the guy Mm -hmm. (laughs) will have their work cut out for them because it's such short notice and you don't know who's going to be available for sure because with the NBA season um, running parallel through the Olympics, you don't know who's going to be available.
0: So, so much, we touched on this last week, so much hinges on the NBA. In fact, it all hinges on the NBA when it comes to players and not just with the boomers, but of course, with so many countries around the world, uh, it, it just hinges. And now, and there doesn't seem to be any great rush to be able to announce it. As we touched on last week, so much is based on the owners wanting to get fans back into the stadium. So remarkably, we sit here about to talk about who the candidates might be when really so much of it hinges on the USA and the coronavirus numbers that continually drive up each and every day. It is such a... I shouldn't be surprised considering how 2020 is gone, but it's such a unique situation. But, yes. Well,
1: I'm just going to say, let's, let's go back even a step further mm-hmm. than that because that's an enormous uncertainty, how that's going to play out with the NBA and the availability of those guys. Even bigger than that, we don't know if the Olympics is going to go ahead. True. You know, and I don't want to be a Debbie Downer about it, but that's the reality. Mm-hmm. You see the second wave of this thing, picking up speed across... Europe um, and across America, of course, it's, it's um, you know, starting to get out of control yet again. And it, what an enormous undertaking and operation. We saw what the NBA was able to do with the bubble, terrific. But then you've got other leagues, You know what's, what they're trying to do with the Euroleague right now, where they're having to fly internationally and guys are going down left, right and center with the virus. To be able to do that, to run the Olympics, 12 months less than 12 months from now i mean geez i mean if i was a betting man i would suggest they're probably not even going to go ahead so it's you know it's such an uncertain time to be able to put these plans in place because we just click that uh, question off yes or no later in the hour, but either way, we'll get to that very
0: shortly. Let's start with the candidates because as soon as it happened, there was a, a great deal of opinion coming from different people. And we're seeing, you know, Roy Wards, the Matt Loges of the world who are, of course, got insiders and sources at Basketball Australia or otherwise who are throwing up the Dean Vickermans, the Trevor Gleasons, the, the, the coaches who have been extremely successful in the NBL and would fit nicely. Where do you want to start, Liam? What name do you want to start with when we talk about the coaching candidates? Because, uh, look, Scorsion, Weaver, which we're going to get to in almost a separate topic shortly. We'll talk about Lomanis. Of course, there's Gleason, there's Vickerman, maybe there's a Matty Nielsen who, uh, and of course, the NBA, of course, is, is such a big part of his coaching, and not just his aspirations, but his job right now. Where do you want to start?
1: Well, when do you want to talk about Lomanis?
0: Uh, let's open it. Let's, you, you, you pushed it last week with Andre Lomanis. You're a week on it here. It hasn't exactly been thrown a great deal out by many other people about him being I guess reintroduced as the boomers coach,
1: far away. I think Andre Lamanis and the job that he's done with our boomers team over a period of a couple of campaigns is criminally underrated in this country. Agreed. And it's a really sad state of affairs, how less respected he is and the job that he's done with that boomers is by Australians than it is by people overseas. I'm telling you, when, when, when the Serbians and the Spanish and um, USA basketball, when they heard that Andre Lamas wasn't going to be the coach of our team anymore, they were clapping. They were cheering. That's a great result for them because our Boomers team has been extraordinarily difficult to beat by any other country in the world mm-hmm. under his leadership. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's ticked a whole bunch of boxes. Now, for, for whatever reason, people here love to cut him down. But when you really boil it down, at the Olympics, we were two phantom calls away from our first medal, a win over Spain and a bronze medal result. And we had played beautiful basketball throughout that campaign. And at the World Cup again, we were outstanding. It was a, you know, a, a thriller in the semifinal. And we were one free throw away from what I think would have been a gold medal. Argentina weren't going to beat us in that gold medal again. One free throw. So you're talking about bad luck. And one of the things that was um, uh, to our benefit with Andre Alamarez as the coach of a myriad of things was the continuity. The fact that when a new campaign came up and we had a short amount of preparation time, our, our entire program was able to just pick up from where they left off. And I think it's a sad state of affairs that we're not going to be able to do that this time out. And if the reason is because Ben Simmons wasn't going to play for Andre Lamanis, well, if he's not going to be able to play anyway, I think Andre Lamanis should be, they should, basketball Australia should 100% make that call, back him in, bring him back in the fold and roll that out.
2: If, If, how many times has Australia been in a position to medal under Lamanis?
1: Twice. Well, I mean, yeah. Plus 2014 and the, the shot from well, Brodzik. Yeah, I, I, well, they had opportunity. So is that
2: three times or four times?
1: I would say, you, for, for I think the point you're about to make, you'd say two. I'm
2: just asking the question. I think you're talking about the Olympics and the recent World Cup. Go ahead. So, so two times you're saying they had a chance to medal, or three times? And how many times did they meddle with those chances to? Why would you bring the coach back who hasn't done that and has had that chance to? This game is about wins and losses. If you had an opportunity to meddle and you've had an opportunity three times to medal and you are 0-3, why would you bring that coach back? That's just all I'm saying. Me, I don't care who gets the coaching job. I really, I don't. But if I'm basing it off of results, Getting close in a competition isn't it. That's me. That's just my, my team. Yeah, but Honest. you know, I think that
1: sometimes people in decision-making positions, and I'm not saying this has happened with Basketball Australia. Mm-hmm. It's a complicated situation involving Ben Simmons and all those kinds of things. But I think people in decision-making positions about of coaches often throw the baby out with the bathwater with that kind of mentality. Now, if the New Zealand Breakers had done that early on with Andre Lamanis, they probably wouldn't have gone on to win three championships in a row under his leadership.
2: New Zealand National Team? No, the Breakers. Or the the NBL. Now, I'm I'm just just giving you examples of... That's not an example. We're talking two different things. We're talking the world's best or domestic league. That's completely different. If you had opportunities to medal, several, and you don't, What are we doing here? Are we doing to just compete so other countries are saying, man, they're so hard to beat, or are we doing it to win?
1: Yeah, but sometimes you need to, and look, we've had a horrendous run of bad luck. And you have to take, you have to look at it because life and the world, Corey, is not black and white. There's shades of gray
2: all over the place. That's how you want to look at it. If you get three chances to medal and you don't, I'm getting a different coach.
0: So uh, just, just just on that, and, and I, I love the discussion. Uh, this happens, and you mentioned it, Liam, this happens all the time with coaches. Something that happens that is 100% not in their control. Now, majority of the game is, but you touch on the very fact is, had, had Paddy Mills made a foul shot, and I'm not diminishing Paddy Mills because what a campaign he had. So this is not a shot of Paddy Mills. If he makes that foul shot, they make the gold medal game. At least we get our first ever medal. Not one thing differently... Could Andre Laminas have done not one thing differently. It is based purely on one foul shot. Now, misses happen. I understand that. But if the argument is that we didn't get a medal, and there are many, you're not the only one homicide who continues to push it.
2: What happened in the French? What happened in the game against France when y'all was up 15? Well, they got they got beat. So we can't. I said medal, not gold medal. Yeah, I, yeah. We had another chance two days later, and what happened? Well, so this how can you keep the same coach when these things happen?
0: Well, hang on. But before you go any further, it depends on who you replace him with as well. Are you going to replace him with – like, how do we 100% know that the person they are going to be replacing with is going to do a better job? Maybe he got the most you replaced out of –
2: him already with another coach who now steps down. If he meddled, he's not going anywhere. That's the bottom line. I – this, yeah.
1: is, this is what I'm talking about though, about shades of gray, because Cam, I hear what you're saying, but mm-hmm. even that's not black and white, because there's an argument to be made. That one of the criticisms of, of the job that Andre did in that campaign was, and I was saying it on NBL Overtime, I was sitting mm-hmm. at the desk saying, you gotta take some chances to play the rest of the roster because you know, then you need to keep some fresh legs for, for down the stretch. Now, who knows? Maybe if those rotations had been a little bit more like that over the course of time, maybe Paddy is a little less fatigued when he steps to that free throw line. So it's not as just as simple as that, but you, so as and a result it you have to look at the whole gamut of yeah. things and you have to recognize mm-hmm. we played beautiful basketball under Andre Lemanis. We became one of the most highly respected countries in the planet, on the planet. Nobody wanted to play us. And we were right there a couple of times. And sometimes in sport, you're right there a couple of times and you learn from that, you grow from that and you break through. I am on the record
0: as we touched on 12 months ago that I thought Andre Lamontes was the right guy. I will, I will say, and I'm a betting man, always gamble responsibly. I reckon it's a million to one that he gets his job. No, I agree. And I and, I, and I think and I think even if he doesn't get it, I think it's an indictment. As you touched on, that he's not in the conversation. And there's no way Basketball Australia flip backflip explain everything as to why they made a certain decision and go back to the guy who did coach the team. It, and it's a million to one. And I'm not even saying 100%. He should be without any other candidates. But the fact is, he's not in the conversation. That every time I read something or talk to someone outside of you, Liam, no one else mentions Andre Lamanas. That is an indictment, as you touched on. But we do have to have a look at some of these other guys. Let's start with Brian Gorgian. He's done the job before. He's back in Australia. We'll start with you, Liam. Do you think? Like, is this a genuine possibility or do you think, like, what are you thinking? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I I, I legitimately don't know. There's a question I want to ask that I'm going to say for yes or no. But it's around the term of how long you go and get a coach for. Like, do you say to Brian Gorgian, this is a four-year gig, which, as we know, he can develop players and turn them into much better players? Or is this a six-month gig and we see what happens in Tokyo? Is Brian Gorgian the guy who,
1: who should be given another opportunity? I think Brian Gorgian will be the guy. I think Brian Gorgian is... Uh, and what a fortunate position we're in, that he's out of China, he's in the NBL, he's here, he's ready to go because he's an outstanding candidate. Mm-hmm. He's a terrific coach. I love him to bits. And respect him very, very highly. So, the fact that if it's not going to be Brett Brown, if they're not going to make that call back to Andre Lamanis, that guys like Brian Gorgian and, you know, Will Weaver, we'll talk about him, these other guys that we've got a lot of really good candidates, and Brian Gorgian sits right at the very top of that list for me. So, that's a great result. As far as the term, I think the smart thing would be, you know what, let's put it in place for this campaign, sit down and talk about where we're all at from there. Huh? Homicide, closer to home. Okay, Weaver,
0: Gleason, Vickerman, have all had a great deal of success. Gleason and Vickerman with NBL championships recently, and we know how good Will Weaver is. Although that's yet again another conversation we might have around the NBA in a, in a split second. But if you were looking at that, Gleason, Vickerman, or Weaver, and your basketball Australia, which way are you leaning first?
2: I'm going with Gleason. Success. He runs the NBL. This is his league. That's what I'm going
1: with. You you told me before, let's not talk about domestic, ball when we're talking about. We are talking
2: about who's won in Australia. Who's won? Nobody. So if I'm going to get a new coach, I'm going to go with the one that has had the most success consistently in this league. And that's Gleason. Five championships. How can we argue that? We can't. But you just sat well, here five we, but, minutes ago and said, don't talk to me said, about the out domestic of these three, out of these three coaches. He just said three coaches. He didn't say, you're a guy. He said, these three coaches. I did so agree. I'm basing it off of these three coaches.
0: If I throw Lamanis right. in their homicide, does that change your answer?
2: Not at all. He's had a chance on the big stage and he's 0-4. Why do we keep pushing this? <laughs> what if he throws Gordon into that mix? I mean, he just said three. He he didn't say Gorgian. Well, oh, Gorgian. No, I'm he saying said Gorgian. Liam's
1: saying Gorgian.
2: Cam said three. So <laughs> Cam said three. Gorgian, we can never debate. Gorgian, Gorgian is the GOAT of Australian basketball. Instant respect he's earning off the rip, it's Gorgian. I can't come in here with no ego. I got to come in here correct. The biggest uh, boomer to the smallest... So that's the type of respect gorging, gorging um, you gotta come with.
1: And that's, this is an important word that you just use there is respect. And, 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 I, and I talked before about the, how underrated Lamanus's job with the Boomers has been. If you're Basketball Australia, make that call. Show that man the respect for what he's done for the green and gold and, and that national program over a period of time, to just find out where he's at, what he's thinking, whether he wants to be a part of the process, make
2: that call. He should get Why don't a you phone call, call. Somebody back, you fire Why? That's like breaking up in a relationship with your girl and you calling her back because your new girl left you. Hey, it, happens. you it happens. It happens. <laughs> Who does that? I've heard. Yeah, Are but- you calling your ex girl back after you broke up with her because your new girl <laughs> left you? Come on. You What's don't really right? want her. You just calling her because you're lonely.
1: Again, it's not as simple as that. He, now we all know that there's a lot going on behind the scenes and I've alluded to the situation with Ben a couple of times already, but in essence, what happened at the end of that campaign was Andre stepped aside. Now, we knew that there were some things in place and Brett Brown and those conversations were already up and going. But Andre stepped aside for Brett to step in. That's different to being fired. Now, yeah, I, just on that though, Liam, man, you
0: know how this works. I think the writing well, was listen, on the wall. I'm not saying it should have been. I'm simply...
2: However you like to dress why is up. The- Whatever kind of skirt and shoes and stilettos, you want to, <laughs> okay? If the man metal, there's no stepping aside. You know, maybe as great of a job as he done, okay, over the years. Remember, I ain't Ozzie, I ain't here, I'm not here. Before, you know, the before, uh, years before, okay, with the run that the Boomers have had. So I do not know personally how the journey has been up until this point, right? So I'm not, I can't go into all of that and I won't. But maybe he hit the ceiling and somebody else needs to come in and take it to the next level. This thing happens a lot in coaching. Maybe he's hit the ceiling as far as where he can take this team. Because as of recent, they've been that close and haven't broken through with the best team they could have possibly had. What more can you do twice in three days?
0: Now... Hold that thought, hold that thought. It's a good point. To an, ex- I don't think Basketball Australia made the decision because of a ceiling. I think there was, as Liam's alluded to, other complicated matters. But we do need to move on. This is going to continue to go on. And a man whose name was thrown up by, I mean, not just us, but a lot of people, was Will Weaver. But there's NBA aspirations and possibilities. What is the latest on Will Weaver, who's a current head coach of
1: the Sydney Kings, Well, can we, it let's talk to the NBA? Let's talk about him in the context of, of the Boomers candidacy as well as as what's going on with him in the NBA because because it's intermixed, but also um, you know, Gorgian will be great. I really feel like it's it's gonna probably end up being him. But one of the big positives I feel like with Will Weaver as that as that head coach is that potential for that continuity is a really good understanding of what has worked really well within the program over a period of time. What other conversations that have taken place that we can build upon as we move on and then bring a bit of a fresh approach as well? I mean, that's what I think that would be that would be a really good result. But I don't think he's gonna be here. No, I tell us why. What do you here. hear him? Well, we spoke last week about his process and, and his connections with the New Orleans Pelicans. Mm-hmm. Um, and you would have seen the reports. He is also going through that process with the Oklahoma City Thunder. It's my understanding that he is a number of interviews into that process with the Thunder. And as you can imagine, it's a very in-depth and complex process that they don't, they don't leave any stones unturned in, in finding their right guy. But, you know, geez, if you're Paul Smith, if you're Chris Pongrass at this point, I think it's very, very likely that Will Weaver ends up with either a head coach or an associate head coach position in the NBA next season. And, Sydney Kings as a result of, it's very likely from what I can tell, they're going to have to pivot in a different direction. So are those meetings or conversations that he's having with the thunder, is that the head
0: coaching role or is it all get intermingled in the fact that, Hey, we want you in the organization. How do
1: how, how those work? Do you know? My understanding is this the head coaching role. Mm-hmm. It's the process of filling, filling that position, but you know how this often works. Like, um, you know, it's a, you know, you didn't get the job, but let's, can we talk about being a part of the staff and, um, it would have to be a good situation, I think, for him to leave the Kings. That's being really good for him and and continues to be. And maybe that could be, you know, maybe the boomer's job is a part of that that consideration as well. But, you know, a guy like Kenny Atkinson, they have a relationship. He's going to be in the mix for, for that position. So if he gets that job, I could see Will Weaver sitting right there alongside him. Homicide.
2: Well, big... Look, Will, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and act like... I know a lot about Will Weaver, but what I do know is I enjoy the way he coaches. Um, He has a great basketball mind, and I know he's been in the mix, you know, in the minor leagues as well in America. You know, people know him. He has relationships. That I know. That's the only thing I know. So, either way, I just wish him the best either way. If he's gone, great. If he's here, great. That's where I stand.
0: You talk about uh, Chris Pongrass, of course, and Paul Smith. Where are they at? As in in this situation, are they already maybe possibly having conversations, canvassing, coming up with no doubt contingency plans? Do you know any of what they are thinking? As they, because the moment this gets announced, if it does get announced, that Will Weaver is heading to the NBA, if it does, they've got to be a fair way down the track. We're talking about the time, and you know, obviously the uh, the pandemics allowed some patience when it comes to imports and all the rest of it. A coach is a totally
1: different beast. Runs the program. What are you hearing there? Well, I haven't spoken to those guys in mm-hmm. the last week or so. So I can't speak to any kind of insight in that regard. Um, it's a bit of a tricky situation for them because they were on it. They were and are on a great thing with Will yeah. Weber, you know, and putting together, putting in place a, a process where they're going to be a contender year in, year out under his leadership and, and, and with the resources that they're going to put in place. So for the potential for them to lose that after year one, um, they're like, well, we want, of course, we 100% want to support our guys to achieve great things. That's what we're all about. But in their heart of hearts, it's a, it'll be, it's a bummer to, to lose him if that's how it plays out. What they have is a, is a ready-to-go replacement in Adam Ford. I mean, that guy's going to be a good head coach in this league and he knows the system and, and he would be ready and willing to step up. Whether they just simply turn to him or not, or they open it up, to other candidates, we, we would have to wait and see. And we are being a little presumptuous to begin with, but he is right there, ready to go if necessary.
0: Hashtag NBL overtime to get involved. Let's go to you, Homicide, because I did see. I, I noticed this Instagram live. When it pops up that Homicide's gone live, I always tune in to see what you're up to. And JJ, and LaMelo Ball last week on the announcement of the, uh, the big shoe deal with Puma. Give us the latest. You're inside the camp. I love the fact that you opened up to all of us on Instagram Live. Give us the latest on LaMelo.
2: Man, that was pretty cool, you know, to officially announce you down with Puma. That's incredible in itself. Puma's making a a huge impact in basketball, you know, behind Jay-Z, pushing the whole sneaker brand as far as Puma basketball is concerned. But, you know, to have a Jet at 19 years old in the front yard while you're dunking on the mini rim. <laughs> You're writing in your in the sky, Puma and Mellow like that is that's incredible in itself. Like at 19, you know, you still are a kid, you know. So to just be in the front yard, playing on the rims, you know, just dunking on each other like kids do, and a plane is in the sky, riding Mellow and Puma. That's just like that's surreal, you know. And this is just the start and the beginning of what you know, barring injury. And uh, him playing, what you know, based on the potential of what he should be doing years time to come, like for, for the next ten to fifteen years, man, that's just superstardom in a whole next wave of the next generation.
0: Did he? Did and he get that jet? Did he get that jet that he's reported? Yeah, it was a hundred million dollars in a jet. Did he get the jet?
2: Listen, the jet is in the building. Come Don't worry, on, man. Come on, Corey. You know what I love about this? This is recorded. So once it happens and I play this back, uh-huh. I don't want to hear. I didn't believe it, I didn't say it. We're going to wait.
1: So you're telling us the deal is $100 million and a jet.
2: I said this in December. Yeah. I'm not saying, you know what I mean? Sign it again now? I said, you know, I just said he got the jet. So I said the same thing. How is he? So it's cool, you know. They're in the gym, just training. You know, they're in the gym, just 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 staying ready. You know, whenever that draft is, I think it's the eighteenth. They push it back regardless of what they've been staying ready. So that's it. It's an exciting time. Mm. You know, just think about it. it's an exciting time for the NBL. Mm-hmm. You know, to just be attached. You know, these kids. You know, I said this the other day to somebody, and I was just like, Melbourne, Australia has the most, we know, draft picks, number one. You know, all Aussies heading to the NBA. Now you have a young American kid that had to head to Australia to potentially become the number one pick. Like, how cool is that? He had to come through the NBL to get it done. So that's just a testament of, you know, the respect of the league on a global basis that, you know, they respected enough in his body of work. You know, and another thing, a Come lot of people questioned he only played 12 games, right? Mm-hmm. Kyrie Irvin played eight games, I think, or maybe five games at Duke. Yep. Think Nobody 11. said a theme. So it was kind of like we can't really harp on the amount of games the kids play. Because Kyrie played a single digits <laughs> in college. Did what did he go? Number one? It yeah. says. Okay.
0: Eleven games. of Duke <laughs> broke. He broke his toe. Comes back for the Tawny. You're right. Hey, it's it, this is big. It is big, isn't
1: it, Liam? So it's very, very exciting. You know, like for to have a a guy who is highly likely. Let's be honest. And our man here called it from day one. He did. Credit where that is due um don't give me no credit yet don't give me no credit please you know what (laughs) it didn't
2: happen yet it didn't happen yet i don't want no credit
1: you know what let's give you your first layer of credit on that because whether he goes number one or not on the day Mm -hmm. he's the projected number one pick right now and we're a couple of weeks so he's gonna go top three and you called it the moment you saw him and you didn't beat around the bush on it like cam and i did like he's Mm -hmm. an exciting prospect and he's gonna go very high and people are sleeping on it you said you've seen the number one pick. And if he goes one, two, or three, that's good enough for me. Now, you might get another extra layer if he actually... If it ends up landing in that spot. But credit where it's due, you called that from, from day dot. And it's so exciting from the, for the NBL. Yeah, it, you know, Because this kid has come through the NBL and the Next Stars program, everything it's sold to that kid and his family and his yeah. representatives of what it could provide for him and what he could get out of it rang true and then some. That's not to take anything away from him and the hard work and his ability to take advantage of those opportunities, but it's the, everything was there for him. And um, as a result of you know, playing in the NBL, the respect of the league, you're not projected to go number one. Despite the numbers you put up, If people don't know and respect the competition you've gone up against, look at Giannis. Everyone was looking at that grainy footage going, this could look unbelievable, but who's he playing against? With Lamelo, they have an appreciation for the quality of the competition he was competing against. And as a result, that kid's about to go one, two or three. And it's enormous for the NBL.
0: And you make a good point there, Liam, because when he got here, he was projected to be a second rounder. That, that that changed pretty quickly at the Blitz when our man threw headphones off and was saying and Instagram living and talking number one pick. And that's that's the big thing. He, he wasn't even a top 10. He wasn't a first rounder when he got here. He took on the NBL. Sure, he only played the 12 games. But when he got going, it was so fun to watch And that, that's a big part of why I think so many people are excited. And you do deserve some of that. Small lay of respect, Liam spoke about there. Now, while you went Instagram live... Small lay. It's just a small lay. Just a small. small <laughs> with the Appreciate Ball... It,
2: guys. We- when you
0: went, you went Instagram live with the Ball family, or, or JJ as well, I believe that our man Liam Santa Maria might have touched base in, a, in a, a bit more private setting. Although, I do want to see you, Rod, and RJ on Instagram live sometime soon, Liam. But... The Hampton, because RJ Hampton continuing. If you if you read the draft boards, if you look at his social media, he's he's putting in the work and he's he's rocketing back up as well. What's he, the latest from the Hamptons?
1: He is he is rising up up, up mock drafts, um, and yeah, touch base with with Rod Hampton to get the insight on the work that he's been doing with Mike Miller and and um, you know the pre-draft process and the interviews with different teams, and yeah, they're really excited about where he's sitting right now, a couple of weeks out from the draft because um teams love a lot about him they love a lot about him obviously the big question mark coming into this process was the jump shot and he's done seriously good work with mike miller in that regard and is reaping some benefits that teams are really um excited and impressed by the the improvement that he's shown but really what stands out with him in this process is his maturity i mean the kid is really impressive when you see, and we knew that from the day we first met him and we had him on the show, you listen to the way he speaks. And um, when you combine his maturity with his incredible natural athleticism, his work ethic and his motor, you've got a really great prospect there of a guy that you can work with. And I think, you know, this talking to people, talking to the Hamptons and talking to, you know, people around NBA teams, I'll be shocked if he doesn't get picked in the lottery. And we know, I mean, we see guys like Tyler Hero and Devin Booker and Bam Adebayo, these guys that go at 13 and 14 and 12, you can often get great talent in that range. And, you know, anyone that has RJ Hampton right now in the late teens or the early 20s is sleeping on this kid because he's going to be a really good NBA player. And right now, I think, um, you know, a lot of teams are starting to recognize the potential that he has
2: definitely i i agree and add on top of that maturity his parents man that kid is so grounded his parents are awesome we love rod and we love you know his mom as well and um i think that uh that's a big testament to how mature and grounded he is they were both here obviously in australia with them to support and um it was really good had a chance to meet them sat down and broke bread with them a couple of times. And like, they are some really good down to earth people. And and that's the thing that was so awesome for me was that I harp on this because he graduated high school in three years. So technically he played his senior year in the NBL. Who does that? (laughs) How many kids do you know that play sport, graduate in three years, then go overseas for the fourth year? That's crazy in itself, man. So, you know, kudos to that in itself. This is not easy to do. The things these kids, these are kids, what they are asked to do or challenging themselves to do, go to another country, play against grown men, away from friends and family, you know, away from their comfort zone. That's not easy to do. Putting themselves on a chopping block to potentially get exposed and lose all stock and leverage. That takes balls, man. That takes heart and courage. Mm. So I, I got, I got nothing but respect for them, man. Because that is not easy.
1: Yeah, and, and what you're talking about there, I think also it speaks to it speaks to who he is on and off the floor. You know, his in, his intelligence. We talk about his maturity, but his intelligence. He's a he's a smart kid who, like. RJ and Lamelo had very different situations that they were working within in the NBL last season, right? The New Zealand totally, Breakers totally loaded with veteran talent. We thought, well, this is going to be great. They're going to take him under his wing and those sorts of – whereas uh, the, the Hawks, that was a team that wasn't really going anywhere, were losing games left, right and center. Lamelo's his running mate in Aaron Brooks went down. He got handed the ball and said, here's your team. Here's a 95% usage rate go do your thing and show what you can be made of. I think there are very few kids who in RJ's situation would have handled that process in New Zealand as well as that kid did.
2: I agree 100%. He grew and matured more as a pro than he ever would if the situation was reversed, you know? So I definitely, I think he's gonna go into the NBA way on a different level mentally than a typical rookie is. Mm, mm. Hands down. Mm.
0: A little closer to home as well. I see Olgan reporting for ESPN today that uh is getting a fair bit of interest, Liam.
1: That's the report that he's had a whole bunch of double figure, talk to double figure NBA teams. And um, there's some hope that he might get his name called out in the, in the late second round. And we've spoken on this show how disappointing this offseason has been for Kawat or for us, for him. You know, the inability to go over and be a part of the the, uh, the pre-draft process, really show what he could do during that process. And then after the draft, go ahead and do his thing in Summer League. He hasn't had that opportunity at all, but, you know, he's got a switched-on agent and they've been making sure that they've been putting his name out there. The kid would have won Rookie of the Year had he stayed on the floor, despite what Lamelo was able to do in those 12 games. Now, a lot of that would have been the amount of time he was out there, but he had himself a very impressive rookie season that, um, you know, we've got to make sure doesn't get forgotten and um, great to see him still in that mix. Yanni Wetzel. I don't
0: want to go on too long about him because we, we dedicated once a whole episode to him. We love him. We're excited. (laughs) And we're even more excited now because he's back. He's back. Now, do you know the exact circumstance, Liam, how the hell it didn't work out in, in, in Euro? Do you know that or, are we just happy to have him in our backyard and glad we didn't burn the jerseys, I guess.
1: <laughs> all of the above, I think a little of column A yeah. and a little of column B. Um, yeah. My understanding is that there were, that there was some passport issues. Just wasn't able to kind of get that German passport over the line when all was said and done. So he was over there. He was in Germany. He was participating in preseason with his Bundesliga team and, um, I think in a preseason game had like 15 and 17 really impressed, but wasn't able to get those papers Mm -hmm. over the line and credit to Tommy Greer and Southeast Melbourne for maintaining that conversation and that relationship, Um, constant communication. Say, Hey, you know, we want to make sure that, you know, we, we, we continue this relationship, whether it's for the very near future, if things don't work out or down the track, we want you to be a Southeast Melbourne phoenix kind of guy and um, he appreciated that is what he said and he's back in the mix and I mean he is a really great young talent so it changes things a little bit for them in terms of what they now do with their imports and how much they can spend on those positions but having him in the mix in their front line I think is a great result all
0: right isolation conversation I did catch this ding sat down with Liam before we break down exactly what it all meant something he said was very interesting this is what he had to say
2: Honestly, one of my goals is trying to be like um, Defensive Player of the Year. So just trying to kind of read, you know, some of the plays. I know obviously they're not going to run all that, but just getting a feel for that.
0: Defensive Player of the Year. To be fair, it wasn't the words I expected him to say, but that's what he wants to do. I'm going to start with you, Homicide, because if he wants to be a better defensive player and be the best defensive player in the NBL and win the Damian Martin Award, he's under the right coach to uh, kickstart his development in that area.
2: Definitely. However, he's not going to get that because Will Magne
0: has that covered. Hang on. You said he's going to be in the NBA though.
2: Is Will Magne in the NBA right now? Oh, no, you're right. I'll, I'll, I'll grant you that. You is he me on the, on the roster of the Brisbane Bullets right now? He is. Oh, so as of today, Will Magne will get defensive player of the year. Hang on. F- is there a game I- tonight?
0: Is huh? it an NBL game tonight?
2: <laughs>
0: no. He told me he's going to be in the NBA. I-
2: <laughs> but what How I'm long? saying is He's on the roster So as yeah. of today He will get Defensive player of the year I love where His mindset is He meaning Dang Lundell, And what the focus Needs to be Primarily He's going to get The usage rate Is going to be up He's going to get buckets We know this However To make your mark You need to be A two-way player To get a shot To the elite level The next level Which is back on that NBA hardwood You need to come in And lock up defensively so that's his mindset is exactly where it needs to be scoring yeah. is not going to be an issue it's locking up on D.
1: love it i love it so much from ding Adele. it is exactly the right thing to say and more importantly like you say cory it's exactly the right mentality for him to have coming into this season and to it's like the boomers saying we're going for the gold medal whoa 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 hold on you've never won a medal you know what that's what I'm going for. And by saying it out loud, it's like last year saying, I want to be rookie of the year. I'm going to be rookie of the year. By saying it, you keep yourself accountable to it and everyone else keeps you accountable to it as well. And I guarantee you this, that's exactly what Brian Gordon's going to do with him on the day-to-day on the practice floor. He will not be able to let up for a moment with his effort and his... Um, mentality at the defense, his concentration at the defensive end on the floor in the film room at any point between now and when they finish up their relationship at the Hawks, because he has said that you want to be defensive player of the year. This is what it takes. That was not good enough. And you need it. You need to raise the bar. So I love it from Ding Adele And it is a, gr- I mean, Brian Gorgian would have just loved hearing it from him and show, so should all the Hawkeyes.
0: I I want to see, obviously, how it plays out before making a commitment to if he can win the Defensive Player of the Year or not. But I'll say this. If he is the Defensive Player of the Year, he'll be the MVP. Right? And I I, I don't know. I've got to see how it plays out. But if he wins Defensive Player of the Year, he will be the MVP of the league. And that's
1: how uh, excited I am to no, see. No, that's, that's interesting, it Cam, because DJ Newble won Defensive Player of the Year and average. What are you average? Like, he, was he... Three the- a
2: year? He did a
1: great year. 19.
2: Yeah. Didn't he lead 19,
1: the team yep. in scoring?
2: Yep. Was he all Bell first team? S- nope.
0: Second? I think there'd be higher usage from Ding Adaldo for what DJ Newbel had in Cairns.
1: I mean, uh, I, you know, I'm just playing devil's advocate here because it's, it's a yeah. great call. Because I also brought up with Ding Adaldo like, what well, Corey I said, my man Corey's got your peg for leading the league in scoring. Is that something you're looking to do? He said, damn right. And mm-hmm. That's immediately what popped in my. Tell you what, you lead the league in scoring, you're your defensive player of the year. He wins it. You lock it away. You win the Andrew Gaze Trophy as well. So, absolutely. And and you know what, he's got. And I wrote this when he signed with the Hawks. He's got the physical tools to be a really good defender. So if he can combine that with that mentality, that focus, and the guidance of of an outstanding defensive coach, I'm fascinated to watch
0: it play out. Hashtag NBL overtime to get involved. Have you got an isolation conversation sort of for this week? Or
1: you? you know what? I want to get the, the pretzel on for a chat. Fair enough, too. Fair enough.
0: Anything else before we get to yes or no, boys? Let's do it. Liam. <laughs> will Ben Simmons ever play for Australia again? Yes. You called it with a mallow ball. So I'm going to you on my side. RJ Hampton, top 10 NBA draft?
2: Top 15.
0: Andrew Bogut does this decision alter whatever it might be about playing if Will Weaver is not the coach Liam no on um, am side so the boomers job Basketball Australia should say this is just this job the signing is only to Tokyo to the Olympics and then we reset yes Liam this is a two-parter did Brett Brown get paid by Basketball Australia don't know should he have? No. Hmm. Well, we don't know how this season's going to look. But say we go into a bubble for the first month, Corey, and there's going to be some preseason games. I know there's going to be some who can play a little more freely than others. But should we have no preseason games sanctioned by the NBL and just go into round one in the bubble with just a clean slate, throw the ball up, and what happens happens?
2: No, I think you need some preseason games to have really some good quality in round one, you want guys to have someone to rust off.
1: Before we finish up, Cam, hmm. that was an absolute walk in the park of yes or no. I mean, come on, man.
0: Well, And can fair, I also
1: point out, this is my favorite moment of every every NBL overtime because the graphic, I don't know whether I'm pointing in the right direction this way or that way.
2: Yeah. But you look about 80
1: in, in the graphic just quietly. You don't like the graphic? I love the graphic. <laughs> it's terrific. I'm about 80.
0: I feel about 80. Homicide and I worked out together last week. I nearly died. <laughs> um, You're a little more heat than that, cab. No, what? I'm going I'm, to. No, there's a rhyme to the reasoning of what I've just asked on a couple of questions. Okay. You're because there's a couple life. of things that I ask that pop up a little down the future that I have in my back pocket that essentially. I'm then able to whip out what well, I need to, to whip it. out
1: and keep you all to account. Yeah, but you, you've you actually got very little guts in that regard because you've got some things like that that you should be whipping out and you, ha- and you aren't and you haven't. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm a changed man. <laughs> there is there is something on yes or no that happened last year
0: that was sent to me during the course of the week. Get, have you got it? Uh, oh, geez. I don't know if we can play it or not. I, this is what we might do. Put simply, i put to you last year, homicide and yes or no, if the deals with Puma and you said no. Okay. That's all. That's what yes or no is about, keeping people accountable. And I think oh. that's what Liam's alluding to there. Mm-hmm. But I'll bring up a couple of more things going forward because you're right. Sometimes I just keep things yes or no is sometimes in the back pocket. In particular, that first question. Either way, we're out of here. Hashtag NBL overtime. Get involved. NBL. I, and then you know what? I put a lot of heat to a yes or no last year. And then I got backlashed behind the scenes for not
1: giving heads up. So Go I'm just man. trying to find
0: the right balance.
1: You've, you, uh, and you're struggling.
0: You know what you've done now, honestly. You've let the lion out of the cage. Good luck for next Tuesday. That's all I'm going to say. All thanks to LD Mobile. I'm leaving. I'm out of here. Later. (laughs) Peace.